I remember watching this in real time and it was just annoying in the replay is where he hits a good shot in the 12 and he hits a, a decent lag, but it's like probably he's got like three feet left and he misses it. And immediately Ian Baker Finch is like, Oh, it's Martin Laird's fault. You know, he's, he's he waited so long for Martin Laird. I'm like, no, like Martin Laird is in the tournament too. Martin Laird is allowed to take whatever freaking time he wants. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it was it was the height of the era of like, let's find as many excuses for Tiger as we can. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Golfer's Journal Podcast, brought to you by Titleist, the number one ball in golf. I'm Tom Coyne, and today we're revisiting one of our fan favorite formats. It's not easy to say. Here on the Golfer's Journal Podcast, yes, this is Reteed Masters Edition. We're going to take you back to 2011, to the golf, to the movies, to the music, a lot on the music, actually, with the help of our own editorial team, plus a very special guest. We brought in a big gun for this one. Kevin Van Valkenburg, a.k.a. Golf Twitter's KVV. Now, we'll go through the context around the tournament that year, and then we'll go through all the wild twists and turns of that final Sunday in Augusta where eight golfers held the lead at different points of the day and where Charles Schwartzel's blazing finish, it was nearly overshadowed. Frankly, for me, it was totally overshadowed by one swing made on the 10th tee that day. Four of us are going to break it all down for you and have you recalling where you were when Rory found himself playing from the garden. But before we do, let me just quickly tell you, April Masters in the Northeast, at least for me, it's signal. It's time to tee it up. Uh, and I've been playing a little bit lately, and I can just say that I'm in love. I'm in love with my T100S irons, the Titleist T100S. I'm getting the distance, honestly, with my irons that I was 10 years ago. Because, yeah, I know, they're a few degrees stronger, but I'm actually I'm getting the right trajectory with each of them, uh, getting the right height. So uh, just big thanks to Titleist and to the new T-Series iron, Feel Born Again. Can't wait to get out to the, to the range, and we all know what a great feeling that is to sort of run to the golf course because you're hitting it well. Uh, the T-100S, now they were the right fit for me, but the whole new T-line of irons is designed for maximum performance and three key factors, distance, dispersion, dispersion and angle of descent so your authorized titleist fitter will help you get into the right combo of t-series models i should say i worked in a the t200 in the four iron because i was getting the right ball flight with that so you got to get go to a fitter get it all done right visit titleist.com to find a fitter near you and as we turn to april that means a new referral game is beginning uh remember you just go into your member your member locker you get your referral code you share it everywhere and each person who clicks through, who signs up under that code, that gets you a ticket into our lottery, our monthly and our year-long lottery as well. This month's prize is two $500 gift cards to Link Soul, one for you and one for that new subscriber. So you win, a friend wins. What a way to come into the Broken Tea Society with 500 bucks in your pocket. Uh, so check that out today. Also very excited to announce this, our own Brendan Thomas, publisher, our fearless leader here at Golfer's Journal. He is now being featured on Charles Schwab's Challenger Series. You've seen the commercials before featuring the bold new voices in golf. And, well, Brendan is featured in a video ad that tells the story, tells his story, tells our story at the Golfer's Journal as well, the roots of the Golfer's Journal. So you get to see his moves on the golf course and on the waves, which I'm not going to lie to you. I was quite impressed. Um, Brendan can actually serve 
I, I mean, knew he could surf, but he's like really good at it. Uh, so check that out. Uh, go to schwabgolf.com to see the whole video. Uh, way to go, BT. Awesome stuff. Uh, thanks for Charles Schwab for that. And thanks to all our other sponsors from the pages of the book. And that includes Titleist, Link Souls, Scotty Cameron, Oakley, Footjoy, and Links and Kings. Now, Travis, Casey, and Kevin, let's take it back to 2011 to a time when it somehow made sense to mash up Rory McIlroy and Adele. The 2011 Masters, how to describe it? Um, the leaderboard on Sunday, I think it eight different leaders. Uh, Rory's famously going into that round with a with a large lead, with a four shot lead. It four quickly shots. four shots. It quickly disappearing. So we've brought the best in here to discuss all these different pieces, not only what happened on Sunday, but what could have happened if just by chance something would have gone a little bit differently and the impact that this round of golf had on the larger golf world. We, of course, have our uh, editor-in-chief, Travis Hill, is going to play cultural correspondent today. Travis, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. <laughs> um, our intrepid uh, editor, Casey Bannon, to keep us moving forward, check some facts along the way. And we brought in the big guns, uh, a real journalist. No, not the, uh, a, real, <laughs> a real journalist. <laughs> no. uh, well, from the rank and file uh, covering, I don't know if you were covering this event, Kevin, but from ESPN, Kevin Van Valkenburg, um, thanks so much for jumping on with us. Were you there for 2011? Where were you? Uh, I was not there. I think I was still, uh, I know I was still at the, working at the Baltimore Sun at the time. And so I was still covering all things Ravens related, but I'm definitely here to uh represent and ride for rory as a representative of the lack of muscle definition guys uh at this point so um yeah i really I love doey rory and I, I hope it works out for him i think i, I think you know i assume we're gonna watch this in real time so i think it's gonna go great for him this is gonna he's gonna win the first of many jackets <laughs> can you believe it four four stroke lead uh hair coming out from under his hat a very, yeah a very different looking rory 21 years old um no majors at this point but a big lead going into Sunday. But before we get that, get to that, get to the golf, let's go back to 2011. Let's set the context, set the stage. Travis, take us, build the world. Where were we in 2011 um, uh, outside of golf? Put us back in that time. Oh, man, what a time. What a weird year, 2011. I was figured I would just kind of like set the stage of like some of the popular music, some of the popular movies and you know, and that, and then we'll get into some of the actual, I have a great trivia question for you guys at the end of this. So, Bring all right. On. The, some of the songs that were popular in 2011 were of course, Adele released her album 21 rolling in the deep. Someone like you. Was that album about Rory? 21? <laughs> <laughs> yes, possibly. Uh, we found love in a hopeless place behind the cabins at 10 uh, by Rihanna and Rory McIlroy. Um, Lady Gaga released a big album, You and I, The Edge of Glory. I mean, really just like yeah, weird poppy stuff. There was some uh there was some stuff that Casey was probably way into. Uh and and me, like Frank Ocean released Nostalgia Ultra. Um, I don't think he's released anything since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Drake released Take Care. Mm. Jay-Z mm -hmm. and and Kanye did Watch the Throne. Oh wow. 
was 2011. So kind of a good year, 2011 for music. Bon Iver, their self-titled album. So, you know, any favorites, Tom, Kevin? Uh, gosh, I, you know what? I've been a little just, I've been a little distracted ever since you mentioned Adele, Travis, because you couldn't have possibly known this, but back in 2011, I wrote like a blog post about Roy McIlroy falling apart at the Masters and used Adele as like no a way. theme running through. Oh, I swear to God, you can find it on the Google web. Google didn't bring this up for me. I'm so sad. <laughs> it was like about the the benefit of of uh, like watching like sadness unfold and how sadness can be sort of beautiful too. Uh, oh my God, a little bit cringe. Uh, I mean, let's be honest, a lot bit cringe. <laughs> it's me, <laughs> me blogging about Rory and Adele. But so you uh, yeah, yourself in a dark Leonard, room. 100% that exists out. out there. Oh, yeah. So I'm a little shook. I mean, I almost feel like you did that on purpose to me. I, I wish I would have now. Oh, my gosh. That's great. I'm so Google just let me down. I really, I mean, if I, I, Kevin, if I would have found that piece, we would have opened this podcast with me doing a dramatic reading. Oh, I mean, I, I got it up here on my phone. I could read it. It's, it's, give me, give I don't know. Give me one good line. Okay. Uh, when an athlete fails in spectacular fashion, the way Roy McIlroy did on Sunday, shooting a final round 80 at the Masters and entering the day leading after entering the day leading by four strokes, we tend to trot out the cliche about watching a car crash in slow motion. The implication being that our morbid curiosity makes it impossible to look away. There's an apt description, I suppose, for the viewer, but not an accurate one for the athlete involved. Physically, McIlroy seems fine. Car crashes leave behind physical scars, and I don't believe he gained any from a miserable round of golf, even if it did include a shot from someone's backyard after a horrendous drive on the 10th hole. His scars are likely to be mental, which is why I think spending an afternoon shooting 80 with everyone watching and cringing when at breakfast you envision trying on a green jacket is more like having your heart broken in public over the course of four hours. So that was me. Never mind, I'll find <laughs> someone like you. Gosh, so I mean, this might actually be pretty good. I was sitting here, and I'm, I'm, in retrospect, I think, you know, kind of nailed it. Hey, we only bring the best and sad writers on, on our podcast, Kevin. That was amazing. Look, if you send out the emo bat signal, I will answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. That's fantastic. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to bring all of us down with the top five most gr highest grossing movies of 2011. Brace yourselves for the, this <laughs> parade of of well known and and great movies. Twilight, Breaking Dawn Part One was number five. Kung Fu Panda Part Two is number four. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, uh, which is number three. Transformers: Dark of the Moon, another of many many sequels. Number two, and number one, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. So all sequels. Your yeah. IP really had a rough year. That you know, original IP really, really took it took it in the ear. Uh, I've seen three. Has anyone seen more than three of those movies? Yeah, I've seen zero of those movies. Three. Oh, not. Well, I was gonna make a joke about Rory being like Cedric Diggory, but I'm not sure that would re resound with you then, Travis. So. No, no, it really would land quite flat. Uh -huh. Okay. Poor, poor the, the only movie that I really there's three other movies that were actually like. Moneyball was in 2011. It was fun. Okay. Drive awesome. was a fun movie. Mm -hmm. um, but Bridesmaids was the best movie of 2011, as far as I could tell, in my, in my mm -hmm. internet research. Yeah. I mean, it was Crazy yeah. Stupid Love was the best movie of 2011. It's mm. a good one. I would also yeah. like to hear the Cedric Diggory connection. Oh, just like, you know, I mean, Rory, as he in this Masters, you know, clearly like had, uh, you know, his, his 
somebody Avada Kedavra cursed him like on the you know sixth hole or something, and he, he basically died miserably in front of us. And that's what happens to Cedric Diggory. And uh, you know, and, and I, you, I guess it was Deadly House. I thought it was said Goblet of Fire, uh, but uh, so yeah, I'm really walking into a bad joke here. It's like I have to explain it, to, like, but <laughs> always good when you have to explain it over and over. Again. Yeah. Okay. Um, quick sports update just for just for the Masters started. The Packers beat the, my Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl, which okay. stunk mm. ass. Yeah, uh, Roger, Rogers only championship. That's right. That's right. Who would have um, thought that Rory would have no? Yeah, Masters at the time, Aaron, exactly. Aaron two, <laughs> yeah, two people are like these guys are gonna, both going to win a million championships. Uh, Giants that actually late. So then the NFL season that started in 2011 in August. That would be the Giants in that Super Bowl the following year. Giants defeating the Patriots for the second time, which I only included just because I know Casey loves the Patriots. So you're welcome for that, Chase. Uh, Mario Manningham. <laughs> Mario Manningham. Harper. Uh, only, uh, so really a boring sports year, other than Dirk leading the Mavericks to the NBA championship, one of the great single performances ever. Um so the opening line to the Masters preview on ESPN, written by, I believe, Jeff Bradley. Um, oh, wow. This is another era. Yeah. yeah. Shout, out, shout out, Jeff. Shout out, Jeff. ESPN's opening line preview. Who are you picking to win the Masters? Tiger, Phil, or the field? So in all of the, like, on all the run-up to the 2011 Masters, all of the Adele listening and all of the things, Tiger's last major victory was the 08 U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. He still hadn't won one in between. Obviously, a few things had happened. But he was trending up. And Mickelson had won the 2000. That was his third Masters, the one he won mm-hmm. in 2010. Mm-hmm. So they were still very much dominating all of, the, all of the talk coming in. But here is my trivia question to, to you gentlemen. I looked up the uh, Golf Week Sagarin rankings for the top 10 players coming into the Masters that week. If you guys can get like three of them or four of them, I will come across the screen and high five you. The Sagarin ratings. Yeah, they're, you know, they're uh, sort of like. I like the Sags. You guys don't like the Sags? You want me to look up the OJ? The- no, no, I want to I play this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, not uh, that far off. Okay, so Tiger is in there. Tiger's number nine. Tiger's number okay. nine. Uh, I believe I believe Rory is in there because he's like one of the youngest people to make. He was top. eleven. Yeah, Rory oh, was eleven right? coming in. Okay, in the sags. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, he was a baby, but still doing really well. Yes, okay. Adam Scott. Nope, no Adam Scott. Yeah. Luke Donald was definitely up there. Yeah, Luke. Luke, was, yeah. Luke is number four. Paul Casey? No. No. Oh. I know. It's just, I'm telling you guys, this is a, it was a, 2011 was a a strange time. Lee Westwood would have been. Lee Westwood, number one. There you go. Westwood Uh, one. Martin Keimer. Keimer is, uh, where is Keimer? Seven. Keimer, seven. Yeah. That was during his time, his his brief time. Uh, Kucher, number two. Stricker, number three. Do we say Phil because he would have been the defending? Phil Masters is champ. eight. Yeah. Phil is eight. Number five, Nick Watney. Nick Watney, man, my boy. <laughs> who, Nick who, Wat- Casey, Nick- who Casey thought was going to sneaky win this Players Championship this year? 
this is a Nick Watney leaderboard if you look at it. I mean, Nick Watney, <laughs> what, what was what, listening straight to you led going into the final round? Nick Watney mm-hmm. was a player for he a little good. stretch. He, yeah. he, you know, he made a, 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 a didn't he make a Ryder Cup team? He definitely made a couple of Presidents Cup teams. Yeah, um, just President's Cup teams. It was the eleven. I think it's this year yes. the when the eleven whistling straights. He led going yes. into the final round. That uh, Keimer or whoever won. So, um, Graham McDowell was a big name back mm. then. He's number six. Uh, yeah, number ten in the Sags. Francesco Molinari. <laughs> mm-hmm. Number twelve, Bo Van Pelt. Number thirteen, Stuart Sink. <laughs> Then you get to Paul Casey, number 15, Dustin Johnson, Hunter Mahan in the top 20. You know. Nick Watney's made almost 30 million on the course. Nine I'm wins. Sure he has. Yeah. I'm, he's had Spo- a, a pretty sneaky good career. I mean, borderline Hall of Fame career if you win a players, according to Rich Lerner. Anyone's a borderline. Yeah, you win, you win one major at this point. You're a borderline Hall of Famer or <laughs> players. As I know from my Hall of Fame, my time working at the Hall of Fame, the way they're classified out was win one, win any any of these two, the four majors and the players on the same line in the in the uh, qualifications. So, looking at this kind of actually sets you up for the craziness of Sunday, right? Yeah, if you look at the leaderboard going into that final round, <clears throat> a lot of those names you just mentioned, Travis, are, are there. Certainly, we've got Rory leading. The charge at minus 12. This is going into Sunday. Uh, and then a big pack at minus eight, four shots back. You've got Angel Cabrera, KJ Choi, Jason Day making his Masters. I believe this is his Masters debut. Uh, Schwartzel there at minus eight, four back. And then you have Luke Donald, Adam Scott at minus seven. Uh, Bo Van Pelt, he was part of this. Uh, and you PVP, mentioned his baby. name. It's PVP at minus six uh, in eighth place. And then another big pack. At minus five, you'd think that, okay, there's seven shots back. But as we know, as things unfolded, uh, things got mixed up pretty quickly. And that group, wow, Freddie Couples was in there. Uh, <laughs> coming into Sunday always, right, at the Masters. Ross Fisher, Bubba Watson, but of course, two that would figure prominently, Jeff Ogilvie and himself, Tiger Woods. Where can Now tell me, each of you, where were you? Do you remember where you were on this day in golf history? uh watching and you know it, it particularly there's you know when maybe rory on 10 is a moment you remember where you were standing that reaction that moment was hard to forget uh kevin where were you do you remember i think that i was uh my let's see my oldest daughter had been born uh, a couple years ago so i was probably at home uh sort of trying to get her to uh I don't know, play toys or something. I remember watching it a little bit in my living room, uh, not um, not not out out and about like on the course or anything. It was a definitely transitory uh, period in my life, a transitioning period in my life when uh, <laughs> not transitory, but transitioner period. And uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, I do remember quickly quickly blogging about that uh, Adele thing. So I, clearly, my uh, ex wife must have had Adele on in the background a lot, which just <laughs> making me think about it and stuff. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I felt. I think I felt uh, good about that blog post, and I think it, I remember <laughs> I put it on Twitter, and I think it got like four retweets, and I was like, "Oh, that's so many!" Like I feel really Nailed good it. about it. just the exposure. <laughs> the engagement is huge. So I send this different, to my, tweet to my editors. Different era of Twitter, I think. Yeah. Travis, where were you, my friend? I was 
sitting at on the beach. Um, it was a nice day in Northeast Florida uh, with my ex-wife. And I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, this is a coronation for Rory. He's up four. So I just, we're going to, it's a lovely day. Let's go down to the beach, you know, taking, you know, taking the beach for a little bit. And then we'll come back home and, you know, catch the back nine-ish, you know, three, four holes. And that'll be that. And then, you know, 2011, so a little bit like, you know, our phones weren't quite as, as good at getting us updated then as they are now. But in 2011 world, my phone started blowing up because Tiger went crazy right off the bat. So Tiger, I can't remember what he shot on the front, but some insane number. Casey probably remembers. 31, I believe. 30. Right. No, 30. So, or 30? Yeah, I, I was something like that. I thought. I, I believe it was 31. I'll check. 31. Okay, sorry. So Five, five birdies one, or six birdies. Yeah, one, he starts one. ripping off all these birdies, and everybody, all my friends are texting me that are watching it like, oh, my God, holy shit, Tiger's coming. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, then – Pack it up. So I, <laughs> I told our other like couple of buddies that were there. I'm like, we gotta go. We we're out. And so everybody, like three, like three or four couples, families, whatever, everyone's packing up on the beach and like running to their cars <laughs> to go watch to go watch because we're like, I mean, again, Tiger hadn't won since 08, and, and you know all the things. So it was like we cannot we cannot miss this. So everybody he... sprinted home to go watch the 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 final round. Tiger birdied two and three, bogeyed four, birdied six and seven, then eagled eight. That was the fist pump. Um, the big, yeah, the eagle yeah, on eight. The rope hook, three wood on eight, and then the fist pump. Is there, I mean, talk about the Tiger effect. Can you think of another player that would pull you off the beach? Um, I can't. I mean, if Rory was winning the Masters now. Now, yeah. Like <laughs> like this yeah, week, Sure. you know, I would, I would drop what I was doing and run. It's very difficult to get Travis off a beach. Right. It's very difficult I'm, to get me to move fast doing anything. These days. <laughs> like emotionally and physically both. Um, Casey, were you, were you born yet? Um, <laughs> 2011. <laughs> I was watching in my crib. I was a junior. I was a, I was a junior in high school. Uh, in were my you basement really? Watching. Yep. In 2011. Twenty eleven, or maybe a yeah, sophomore. I mean, where were you? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Casey was probably the most locked in of all of us, really, because he had. But I, I guarantee you, I know for sure. I was wearing, I was wearing an Oakley polo with Oakley pants and an Oakley white belt while watching awesome. in my own home. Awesome. And I had <laughs> tight, I had tightless irons with the black and yellow multi compound grips, and I still have oh those grips. God. Yeah. Oh, wow. By any chance, were you wearing foot choice or link sole? Because we could do the whole ad read. No. <laughs> Knock every no, one of them out. Yeah. No shoes allowed in the house, but um, okay. I did have a, I have a, I had a black lab named Rory at that time too. Oh so, my god! Of I mean, this is did. wow. Uh, just a coincidence, though. I think. You were plugged in. Um, Where were you, Tom? Fantastic. So, Masters a big occasion in the coin house. Always, um, I know what I was wearing, much like Casey. Uh, I would be. I was wearing my caddy jumpsuit, which I always wear on Master Sunday, um, that I'd acquired on a trip to Augusta <laughs> years before, where I was doing a preview trip of like, hey, what to do if you get Masters tickets? And I went into the uh, the uniform shop in downtown Augusta that actually does make the um, the the caddy That's jumpsuits. Incredible. Yeah, and the guy actually was nice enough to send me one um, uh, with coin on the back and all that. So I I wear that, embarrass the family. 
we were living downtown then, so I would have actually been out in the city in that jumpsuit. Um, Tom, you wear the caddy jumpsuit every Master Sunday? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Wow, um, my kids. I really feel like I'm dropping the ball in terms of outfits for Master. No, yeah, yeah, there's. Allison has a pimento cheese recipe. We oh we do gosh. it right, and I would have been so that we would have been living downtown. Um, Maggie's probably very young, so I would have been down the corner uh, at Ye Old Bishop's Collar, where I would be running the Masters Pool. Uh, that was my responsibility every year, and it grew. It was quite large, so the winner would be taking home um, uh, uh, quite a few nuggets, uh, if you will. So. Uh, it was one of those wow. pick a player from group A, B, and C. Oh yeah, and uh, and it was a yeah, it was. <laughs> so, where where uh, are you guys? Uh, on, was, you wait, where are you guys on pimento cheese? What what's your uh, take on? That? I, I'm, I I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm all in. All I, in. I actually I actually like some of the other pimento cheese that I've had off the golf course better than I like the pimento cheese that I've had on the golf course. Okay. Is that sacrilege? Is that bad? No, no. I think Kevin, I, I can tell you're out on it by the look. You're just you're, not a. I mean, look, I'd never had pimento cheese sandwich before. I went to the Masters for the first time in I think '16, uh, and so it had been built up as this like thing. And, yeah, um, you know, just wasn't quite my thing. I don't think I'm Southern enough. I'm very uh, Western Montana <laughs> white bread. Uh, so uh, I think. I'd like to, you know, if I ever make it back to the Masters, I'd like to give it another chance. I hear you can, like, if you take a, one of the chicken sandwiches and you stick, like, say. the chicken inside the pimento cheese sandwich, but it's like a whole other experience. So yeah. I that, would like to give that a shot. I was just going to say that the that is the that's the pro move that helps because it's the pimento is more of just like a dip. It's like a topping. Mm. Right. So, no, I think it's a you know. good thing that's gotten, like you said, blown out of proportion to where it's a great thing. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing if you make it at home and happen to do it into a grilled cheese mm. um, the next day. Now that's kind of next level. And uh, did you guys have the egg salad? Delicious. You guys ever had the egg salad? Oh yeah, Augusta? people oh, swear by it, but yeah. I'm not an egg salad guy. No, I'm not. Raw egg, not for, or oiled I egg. Generally, I have a, like a well-known thing with my friends. Like I hate mayonnaise. But for some reason, I will make an exception for egg salad, and Augusta's is very good, very good. I, I agree. We we ranked the sandwiches one year, uh, and I, I definitely for me it's like chicken number one by far. But then egg salad, and then yeah. uh, what's the other option? There's like I think a there's turkey, a barbecue beef or something. Barbecue beef, yeah. That's yeah, uh, that's probably third for me, and then all the way pimento. down to the pimento. Tom, this summer at uh, I don't know if you went to Kinlock and you saw. Uh, Vinnie Giles, correct? I did. So uh, I was there a few weeks before, if you remember, and I've never had a pimento cheese. And I saw Vinnie was sitting with Lanny Watkins, and he ordered the pimento cheese. So I asked if I could try the pimento cheese, and they told me that that was not on the menu. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Really? That's just a Vinnie Giles special. Wow. Definitely one of the coolest uh, experiences I had at the Masters was – sitting out on the veranda and ordering lunch, like probably three tables away from Arnold Palmer uh, and watching him sort of have lunch and have a, a literal Arnold Palmer. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is just a, a, an interesting space to be in. Uh, I've heard so many stories of uh, like 
about stuff like Arnold eating close to other people. And every time it's, I feel like he did that on, like he just knew that other people were watching him. So we always did that. Like yeah. whether or not he wanted, you know, there, who knows? It could have been like, there could have been vodka in that. Like maybe at Augusta, there, there's always just like, take care of our guy. Yeah. But I'm Kevin, sure this is the secret menu for him. How'd you get up there? <laughs> did your credential get you up there? Or yeah, you can. Your credential can get you up to eat in the uh, the upper part there, or at least it could when I was there for the three years that I was there. And you can also eat out on the tables uh, out there. They they used to let your credential get into the uh, actual Augusta Pro Shop, and then they changed the rules uh, about that. And I the last year that I was there, the Patrick Reed one, I tried to go in there and you know buy a, a something, and they just booted me right out. It's like no, no, they're not. But like walking past me was like. Uh, yeah, like Ricky Fowler buying a commemorative putter. I was like, oh, okay. Cool, man. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> cool it's probably the close, closest you'll get to uh, some uh, commemorative thing. From here, yeah, so. right. Nice. Um, I, got, I, got th- I got thrown out of the clubhouse of the Players' Championship this year with my media badge. So, you know, oh. it happens. Tom, your, uh, your credential at the Masters this year, because the Golfer's Journal did get credentialed, I believe will take yes. you to all That's of why things. I was asking, because uh, <laughs> I didn't know if I, I've been in the media center, but I would love to sneak into, uh, um, yes. I've been in, you know, yeah, that would be cool. You can also um, go into the bar uh, there, which is a, a good spot, because a lot of the players will hang out in there and watch the guys come up 18, so that I would make that a must for you as well. Wow. The grill consider, room, I guess they call it. So the grill room. Consider that done. Mm-hmm. Kevin, do you want to hear um, my wine cellar story really quick? Why not? Yeah, come on. I uh, so when I actually all this is this is a good story. My um, when I was running the communications for the World Golf Hall of Fame, they decided to they called and they said we want to host the del- like the deliberations. So back then the deliberations were like you know, the heads, of, I call it the heads of the five families, right? So mm-hmm. Fincham and Mike Davis and, and, you know, all the, everyone, all the head of the major organizations, Mike Wan and LPGA at the time. Mm-hmm. And then it was, it was Jack, Gary, Annika, Nancy Lopez were the players. There was a couple of media guys. There's all, there was a grand total of, I think like 12 or 13 actual voters in the room. And Augusta called and was like, so the weekend before they opened, this is in, I believe, like the end of September. I think they opened in the public, some, or they opened their, their member season, like, or, like somewhere around there. Um, they said, okay, you guys can come up because there's going to be no one there. So mm-hmm. we go. And um, we, it was crazy because there's, you know, it, it was Billy was the chairman then and um, Billy Payne. So he's hosting a dinner down in their dining room and it's like, us in the dining room with him and a couple other folks from Augusta. So it was really intimate, you know, and he kind of just like, Hey, you know, everything's open. So just like, I know some of you guys haven't been here, you know, cause there was some like, you know, like the head of the, um, the JPGA was there and he hadn't seen it. And, you know, he's like, just, we've staffed it. Everything's open. And we're like, okay. So, you know, we're, we'll go up to the crow's nest and we go in the champion's locker room. We do all the things we're exploring. And then we come down and he comes back and he goes, who wants a bottle of wine? <laughs> We're like, uh, I do. So she says, all right, let's go down. So he, you know, goes to the secret door, opens the door, down we go into this room. Now this is 2013, 14, something like that. Um, and so I think if people listening, if things have changed down there, I apologize. But when I went down there, sort of this like entry room, huge t- wooden table, 
um, kind of like this lacquered wood, and it was apparently a slice of the Eisenhower tree, which oh, they sweet. had turned into a tasting table. Um, of course. Because the tree had come down does. like a year or two yeah. before. As one does when you, when you have a president, uh, famous tree. So they did that. And then he's like, all right, here's what we're going to taste. But first, we got to go in. The sommelier, just like this young, young kid, just kind of like poof, appears out of nowhere. And he apparated from Harry, fan, Harry Potter fans. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he, uh, so then, and then Billy just puts his, there's a door, like a big, like vaulty door. And Billy puts his hand on the damn, like, thing, like it's a fucking Bond movie. And he's like, beep, doo-doo-doo. and wow. <laughs> recognizes the imprint. And <sighs> we open the door and we all go into this, like, dank, dark, you know, kind of dusty cellar with, stacks and stacks and stacks of i mean it, it wasn't overly fancy it was in there but it, it you know i mean it obviously it was well taken care of but you know it was yeah. pretty ridiculous in there and so wow. he's just like walking around the sommelier is like oh yeah you know this is you know this is gary's favorite wines and this is jack's favorite wines and this is all like you know i think there's been stories that, you know it's one of the like the five most ridiculous wine cellars in america kind of a thing and so Sweet. billy picked a couple of bottles and then up we went back out into the table, cracks it open, and then we have we have a tasting on the Eisenhower table. That is amazing. And, and then off we go. So this is my uh, this is my closest I've ever been to the wow. to doing something awesome at Augusta. I wonder if they have like place. a similar like bourbon scotch uh, sort of uh, right selection there. You know? I wonder if they're just like, oh, well, we got to do that. And so one year they just dug it out next to the wine cellar. You know, turned it around in like you know a month, like they do everything else on the golf course. Yeah. Let's just shift Clifford Roberts' mausoleum like 20 feet to the right and build, a, <laughs> build ourselves a wine cellar. They didn't take me in there. I was pretty disappointed. I asked, but yeah. they wouldn't yeah. They wouldn't take me. It's like Indiana yeah. Jones. You know, you got to know the codes, the passwords. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I think I wanted to be, I wanted to like knock Billy out and start using his hand to get in all these cool places all over. But <laughs> anyway, so back to Augusta, us- Sunday of 2011, Tom. Sunday of 2011. How about it? <laughs> Casey, take us through some of the the topics that, you know, there was a lot, again, a lot going on that day. It, it, it's probably 10 different players with a shot at it, the leaderboard, um, you know, eight different leaders uh, as we move through the day. It, it was an interesting uh, final round because usually we think of, you know, the back nine at Augusta, everything's sort of happening there. A ton happened on the front nine. If you missed the front nine, you missed a lot. Uh, what were some of the topics and, and events that jumped out to you? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously going into the day with a four-shot lead, you think if Rory shoots anything under par, it's going to take a, or even even par, it's going to take a valiant effort from somebody in the pack. Um, and then Tiger goes out first and, you know, puts up a 31 and he's within, you know, a shot, I think, of the lead. Um, heading into the back. And as soon as Schwartzel goes off, right, all hell breaks loose. Um, He fans one right on number one, way right. I think the pin was back left or or back back middle. Back middle. middle. Um, So he's got to come up and over this ridge. um, And he plays this incredible, I don't know if it's an eight iron or nine iron, bump and run, lands it short and holds it. Right behind him, Rory tugs a wedge as he as he does, makes bogey, drives it in the bunker on two, and hits the lip. And sort of once he hit the lip, 
I think Schwartzel was on uh, the fairway on three at that time. Uh, he parred two. Um, but once Rory hit the lip, I just remember this sort of sunken feeling and, and the entire uh, energy around the tournament change. And then Schwartzel, of course, holes out on three. So I think that's a good place to start. Um, just yeah. the first three holes, you've got a, a four-shot swing, and now you've got a, a sort of sandwiched leaderboard, um, which really doesn't take shape until the back nine, but now the, the field has, Rory has come back to the field, and Schwartzel's three under through three. I thought Rory, yeah, I think you're right. I think Rory going 5-5 five, five, um, was, you could just sense it, like, this isn't there was something you could feel something was in the water. It wasn't, it wasn't going to go well. And that, and that, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. part and the part, but on two, he lifted in. I mean, he barely, barely made it like just jiggled it in. And it was like, ah, uh, you know, you're, yeah. and you feel like, okay, he's holding on for dear life. Um, and then Schwartzel holding out. You're like, wait a second, this isn't going according to the script. And then, well, and then tiger's going crazy too. If you could go back in time, I was trying to, as I was watching this, think about how could this have gone differently for Rory? Like, you know, he, he, unlike a lot of years when he's been in contention in Augusta, like absolutely nukes that first drive, you know, it's left of the bunker way down there. He's got like 130 into number one. If he just hits that wedge, like in the middle of the green, I do think like maybe he still doesn't win, but like, I'm not sure he gets as rattled as quickly as he did. Like just, you know, don't go at that pin. It was sort of, I think you're, because you said, I said it was back middle. I think it, it was a little back left. It was like back middle left. And he just, you know, if he just goes right to that pin and leaves it, leaves himself a 20 footer, like he probably is able to lag that up, tap it in. And all of a sudden it's like a little bit more calm, but he yanks that first putt left uh, after he's trying to get up and down there. And it's like, you could see the doubts in the putter the entire day. And he was so much more emotional then. Like he's 21 and you could just like see, it was almost like he went like, you could just kind of see it more on his face. Like he's obviously, you know, mm-hmm. you get older, you get hardened. But like he, at the time, like you were like, you were like at home and was like, <gasps> and he was kind of like, <gasps> like you, you kind of see him gripping early and like already, you know, he just, you know, he's 21, man. It's a lot. I, I would be, you know, we, we talk a lot about his struggles on 10, but it would be an interesting, um, study i probably should have done this before the podcast but just thinking about it now um (laughs) about his performance on the first three holes at augusta because it seems like two uh he's never really played well um as somebody that hits that sort of power draw that should be a a mid iron into the green for him and then three he really struggles with that he hits driver pretty much there exclusively and struggles with that second shot um and the, Which he and didn't the, in this one, right? He hits it to five yeah. feet and he he, a great so he's got a chance to sort of like make a birdie and sort of steady himself, misses that putt. And it's like, well, the doubts are just completely uh, rattling well, that, him at that point. That, that pin is so is so crazy on three. I mean, he hit it and it and it checked up within a couple feet, right, Kevin? And then it trickles all the way sort of to the collar, yeah. maybe eight feet. And he's got to start it a couple cups left outside the hole. So... I mean, th- those are two uh, two of the best shots I've ever seen at Augusta that, that Schwartz will hit. The bump and run on one, and then 
um, to control the spin on heat because he laid back, I believe, a little bit farther yep. back than Rory. He's had like a hundred in or something instead yeah. of like seventy-five. It's an absurd start. Yeah, yeah. Schwartzel uh, cans it on three, and and in off we go. Rory, I I was there, was standing kind of with him the year that Patrick Reed won, and you know Rory kind of put some heat on him a little bit early. Patrick, I think bogey the first, or at least had like a real sloppy first hole, and then Rory hits a four iron to like three feet and he's got three feet for Eagle to essentially like either tie or to get within one. And you're thinking like, Oh my God, here it is. And he shoves that putt. It was like all the energy just sort of like went out of it. So yes, yeah, like one, two and three, like, you know, Rory just can't seem to get it. I mean, that, that was the same year that he had almost out onto Washington road with his opening tee shot. Uh, was, <laughs> That's right, he just, yeah. he has a mental block on, on those first few holes. Tiger did not have a mental block on those uh, on that first nine. Um, pretty uh, pretty stellar start, taking us a lot of birdies and then leading into uh, you know the fist pump eagle on eight, which uh, there was at that moment. I thought there's no way he's losing. He the shot he hit. I didn't remember this until rewatching, but the shot he hit into four was one of the sickest shots that I think it's like one of the more underrated shots that I think you can never get shown on any of his highlight stuff because he hits a purposeful like rope draw at that mound. And then you can hear him saying, be absolutely perfect, be absolutely perfect. And it hits the mound and goes hard left. And so he's got a, like a uphill putt into that uh, par three there. It was, I was like, wow, is that, that six, is six, or, excuse right? me, six. Yeah. Six, yeah. not four. Right. I was like, wow, that is an unbelievably cool shot that he did where he just put mm-hmm. it right. You know, he fired it probably 35, 40 feet right of the pin and knowing that the slope would take it. And you didn't see any of the other guys try that even, but it was, that was sweet. It was kind of like the same swing he made on 16 in mm-hmm. 2019, that sort of late, late oh, save right. with the hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he bogeyed four after me, yeah. Tiger did. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's sparks flying. There there was a lot of birdies on the front, and um, you know, not to skip too far ahead, but there's you know four of the top five guys, four of the top five finishers shoot four under on the back nine, right? And Tiger shoots even on yeah. the back nine. So he missed he missed like two little putts on the back, right? Like uh, I can't remember which holes they were, but did they on twelve like, and, yeah. and on fifteen. Yeah, and they were like, you were just like devastated. <laughs> like, come on, like, like all the like it was like all suddenly leaking. Now you're like, no, I I came home from the beach for this. I, I will say one of my like most annoyed. I remember watching this in real time, and it was just annoying in the replay. Is where he hits a good shot in the twelve, and he hits a a decent lag, but it's like probably he's got like three feet left, and he misses it, and immediately Ian Baker Finch is like. Oh, that's Martin Laird's fault. You know, he's, he's he waited so long for Martin Laird. I'm like, no, like Martin Laird is in the tournament too. Martin Laird is allowed to take whatever freaking time he wants. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it was it was the height of the era of like, let's find as many excuses for Tiger as we can, right. because you know we we love him so much. He's carrying the entire game. Like, look, that's part of trying to win the Masters is if your opponent has to freaking make a, a bogey you don't get to like step up and tap your ball in and i just i've always been annoyed about that that baker finch was like you know claiming that tiger three putted on 12 because of martin Laird. come on man i i remember rooting i remember rooting for tiger so hard that day 
Um, and my dad is yeah. a little bit, my dad is a little bit, or not a little stitious. He's superstitious. He's, um, he's a New England sports fan. And he had, I had young sisters. So there was a Mulan action figure downstairs. Lee Shang, who is the, 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 the you know, okay. Mulan's male counterpart in that movie. And he kept repositioning Lee Shang in different positions uh every hole to try to find a vibe yeah. and he was like putting him on That's the edge awesome. of his miller the edge of his miller light glass and then when tiger parred 13 he backhanded lee shang across the room off the miller oh. light glass and <laughs> oh, it was no. just sort of the nail in the coffin but i just oh, remember wow. like it was just a weird energy around tiger because it's like it was still 2011 is like is it okay to root for him right. you know like we we stopped cheering when my mom comes downstairs um <laughs> You know, it's just very odd. Yeah, but, that's a good um, point. It was really, a weird time. I mean, that's a year after, just a year after his dressing down by Billy Payne, um, which I oh, would yeah, put on the, the list of Augusta low points. Um, and so then him being back in contention sort of adds another layer that you don't really think about, right? Like you said, Casey, you don't think about that today. This was really not, it was like one of the worst years, like overall of his career. He only finished, he only had yeah. two top tens the whole year. Like if you rank all the years, this is probably the year that he, you know, had the most starts that he just didn't, you know, win a, a tournament, which is, you can see there's a shot into, I feel like it's 18 where he grimaces like a bunch of times. And so you can start to see like, you know, some injury kind of stuff creep up, which didn't happen all in the rest of the entire day, but th that was the first time you saw like physical pain again, kind of uh, popping up for this year. Yeah. He played nine events in 2011, made seven cuts, two top tens, three top 25s. Um, and one of those was the fries.com open where he took the world's largest divot ever. If you remember with his Sean Foley swing, he as, as awesome as he played in this, like first, like this final round, there's some like I would say glaring mistakes like you know he has seven iron into thirteen makes par there just a really bad right. sort of swing yep. it's the it's maybe one of the best shots he's ever hit into fifteen and just kind of gacks that putt you know as a three footer uh, you know those are sort of two like looking back those are two and obviously three putting twelve like those are two pretty glaring or three pretty glaring errors that if he cleans that up like you know he might be in a playoff with Schwartzel at the end maybe not because Schwartzel just boat raced everybody but. Uh, that, that was sort of the, if you're looking for anytime, the next time someone says, Oh, Tiger paid every, made every putt that ever mattered. You, you're welcome to be like, yeah, that's yeah. not really true. <laughs> like it, it's, it's nice to think of it that way, but like 2011, like he, you know, well, and a little bit better putting, he maybe wins that one easily. I mean, it's part of the reason why we picked this. Cause it's so, it's such an, this tournament to look back on. Cause it's so interesting to, cause he just wasn't perfect. It's one of the, you know, one of the times that, you know, like there's so many, gauzy tiger you know highlight reels and all this stuff and and you they will go it will always go right over this golf tournament but i think it, you're like you said it's it's interesting to be like because i just remember being when yeah when he missed that putt i was like oh my are like he is really human like he's really right there with the rest of these guys he's no longer you, you know like i remember feeling like you know the myth or the legend is like really really stripping away at that point yeah. No, I mean, this would have been his first time uh, coming back on a Sunday to win a major. And 
nonetheless yeah. though when, once he after that eagle on eight there was like i said before there was this feeling of like okay <laughs> this is this is going to happen and then it doesn't yeah. go by the script and it's interesting kevin as you said you know schwartz will kind of boat races the when you look at the final you know at the final leaderboard he does you know he has a he wins he has a two-shot margin but as i was watching it i was kind of like i'm like wait how does he win by two uh, because Same. it's so yeah. tight the whole thing is, right well um, the drama was kind of almost sucked out of it by the time he got to 18 or you know or by the time everyone was coming up i think ogilvy had a chance to birdie or something but like right you know like suddenly like suddenly yeah, it just it was, went from like this is anybody's game and then for the yes. last two and a half minutes it was like oh it's over i mean yeah, scott is still still, adam scott is still leading when he hits it in the bunker on 17 and then right. launches yeah. one way up over right. the trees, into the other. He has a Saddam. He goes bunker to bunker. <laughs> yeah. And he gets up and down, makes an unbelievable, like, six-foot putt. And you're thinking, like, oh, my God. Like, there's how can Adam Scott lose the Masters here? Even though I know that Schwarzel's going to win. And since Schwarzel's just about, he's, I think, you know, about to make the putt on 16. And which, like, bar- like the Schwarzel's putt on 16, like, barely goes in. Like, it, it could have easily lipped out. But his putts on 17 and 18 were just, like, his putt on 17 was unbelievable, like right in the throat. It was one of the best like putts he hit all day. Before we go to his finish, of course, we have to the shot heard around the world, at least that year. From the 10th tee, um, our man Rory. I mean, that's the shot for I, even he said, Kevin, those <clears throat> those solid putts by Schwartzel on that finish, the shot that I certainly remember from 2011, or the image I remember is Rory standing between two houses. Um, back between two houses, somehow his ball not winding up in the shrubs, which was kind of fortuitous, I, I guess. But, um, you know, exploring unexplored territory at the Masters and just uh, and then what unfolds there for Rory over the next three or four holes. My recollection is that it's uh, it's the first time that I understood, having never been to the Masters at that point, that there was like houses left of 10. <laughs> there was, you know, unless you'd been on property, there was, there's no reason for yeah. them to sort of, you know, they get the shot behind the tee and then you get the shot from way down in the fairway. And, yeah. and then there's the, the big, beautiful bunker, you know, way yeah, short of you're 10. looking into the green that way. And, and I, I even remember after the tournament, somebody like tweeted back when Rory was like super into Twitter, someone tweeted at him like, Hey, thanks. Sorry. You didn't win, but thanks for showing me that there's houses, uh, on Augusta National's property or whatever. And he like retweeted it with like a LOL. So like showed like, oh, you know, it's got a good <laughs> good sense of humor. Like, but yeah, the how that ball gets there, I mean it, it's so it's a little bit unclear, but it must have hit it was must have been obviously a snap hook and then hits the tree and kicks backwards like way back there because it's otherwise there's yeah. just no way to, you know, he didn't smother hook it that badly to turn it left hundred yards. And it was funny it was funny what or it was tragic, not tragically funny, watching him like peek out from the houses. Okay, where am I going? Oh, then he'd walk back, God. and you're saying to yourself, like, how far back is it? He can't, you know, like, it's literally, you know, it's 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 almost in the front yard. Um, Underrated, then, like, about the, that collapse though, is that like he chooses to hit five wood into that green, <laughs> right? Which is a right. terrible decision. So instead of like, you know, yes. hit four iron short of the green, chip up, you know, try to make a five. He tries to like get it all back somehow. And then the five wood goes way left of the green and he tries to hit a flop that hits the tree again and drops straight out about the flop. That's how he makes triple. That's a, a, you know, Rory like really didn't realize. I think like there's a lot of moments in this round where if he could have slowed down and sort of thought like, you know what? A bogey here is okay. 
that he could have still been all right. And this was the, the sort of the prime one, but uh, it just was, it got ugly really quickly. And the, the putting, the putting on 12 is probably the most uncomfortable moment of the whole thing. Oh, uh, he, he four putts 12. Yeah, I did. So yeah. Kevin, could you hear on the, on the broadcast when he hits the tree on the flop shot, the patron that goes, Oh my God. You can hear a yeah. You can hear a faint whisper of "Oh my god, that yeah. was sick." That I felt sick. awful for you because you know Rory could hear that too, <laughs> and right, you know, and you see his shoulders drop. Uh, right, if he just plays for five there, um, you know, well, he was struggling, but in any event, twelve. I mean, I, the four putt from twenty feet. I think. Oh. I think of ten, eleven, twelve, or ten and twelve a lot. Just like. When I'm playing a round of golf randomly still, you know, and I'll be like, ooh, you know, boy, I'm in I'm in somebody's yard right here. And all of a sudden I'm like back watching him, you know, do that. And same thing with like, you know, if you're going to really, really like a four putt of green, I that's another one of the, I think that's a famous four putt for me and some of my friends. It's like, like how do you, I mean, talk about scar tissue. Like doesn't, how often do you think he thinks about that? I don't, I don't know. I mean. He's talked about he's it. Gotta, like, yeah, he's got to probably think like every time he steps to ten, he probably smiles a little bit, thinking about like, yeah, oh, right, there's where I hit it over there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I those know. guys often stay in the cabins when they go and play, like when they go yeah. and like just hang, you know, and, and play around every now and then. They, that's where they stay. So it's, it's like I can't, you know, hey Roy, do you want the one that your ball was that you want that one? That's the one that's open right now this weekend. <laughs> The the thing about the, the, are fresh. the thing about that uh, hole is that he was only two back after he made that triple, right? Mm-hmm. Like yep. there was this. I still felt like if you can get through eleven and twelve with the way he was driving the ball, otherwise that he can sling one around on thirteen and have a look at eagle and he missed a shorty on eleven too, right? Yeah, like he almost 11. birdied eleven. He missed everything left all day and. Um, he he had that like Scotty Cameron. This is not a sponsor's plug, but he had that yeah. fast back um, center shafted center yeah. shafted putter. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the way um, uh, his stroke. It was it was just very natural. It like sort of mimicked his full swing mm-hmm. a little bit. And then his pace, you know, his his temp, his rhythm got way off on twelve. And then I think he ditches that. Does, at, yeah. for congressional and he goes to sort of a more blade and then that really started the you know the Rory putting experiment that is still ongoing right from Dave Stockton with the super with the left wrist the, yeah. the, the pro push he was playing um which I tried doesn't work um, <laughs> you miss a lot to the right <laughs> he eliminated the left he eliminated the left miss for sure um and then and then, um, yeah, now Brad Faxon and, and a couple yeah. other stops in between. Like, his putting has never looked fluid mm-hmm. and natural um, as it did back then. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how much of the full swing that, that round still um, haunts him. I don't think it's fair. He probably doesn't think about it at all. But I know he's worked really hard to try to play a fade and, and eliminate that that pull yeah um so yeah there's just like a lot of a lot of ghosts from that back nine but you have to be impressed like it's pretty amazing to think that not that many months later 
he goes out to congressional and smashes records. Um, that's, you know, I was trying to put the timeline together and I was like, Oh my God, that was that season that he, that he was able to do that. And fair, so fair play. I mean, at the hangover didn't last, um, didn't last as long as you think, as you thought it would after watching him put up an 80 in the fourth round. He destroyed congressional. Absolutely. (laughs) Just stomped everything there. That was incredible. I want you guys to know that while we were talking, I Googled Rory McIlroy and Adele just to sort of, you know, see if there was any other stuff. Literally, Rory McIlroy said that before Congressional, he listened to a bunch of Adele and that helped him (laughs) get over. So Adele has kind of, I I did it. I, this is maybe the most prescient thing I've ever written was. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. We, we, We. we need to bring. If, I wish we could bring Rory in just to sort of. I was going to say, it. you really need to ask if he read your blog post from the Baltimore Sun. <laughs> I mean, why not? Huge, I mean, why not? Huge, huge. I mean, I'm sure the the blog that I was writing was huge with the. He's pretty thoughtful. He, he would remember if he read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember finding it there, and just pretty good. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, I was hoping we get a little Rory from you. That I mean, uh, that is amazing. That Are Adele, you? I mean, we're gonna have Casey. We're just gonna have to have the run list very low. Adele twenty one to this entire podcast. <laughs> the entire time we rip Rory, I'm gonna play easy on me underneath the uh, underneath <laughs> yeah. The let's know, uh, man. let's talk about Adam Scott yeah, a little bit since oh. Adam's you know Adam Scott is the first year that he's using the long long uh, putter anchoring uh, Adam Scott. Yeah, mm-hmm. feels right. like uh, you know a real chance to to win this but you know didn't it was one of the rare i think final rounds that adam scott played where i don't feel like you can really fault him for anything maybe hitting he should have hit he should have put that second shot on 15 on the green i was gonna he say, does that he, makes birdie he, maybe he gets into a playoff with Schwar- uh, schwartzel even though schwartzel ends up winning by two like that was a moment where he needed to do that but other than that like putting was really good the ball striking was really good like this was i thought for sure that you know, it, watching this again, I was like, how does he not win this? He didn't birdie either par five on the back nine. Didn't he? Okay. I yeah. Remember, remember so, 13, I mean, but, but I mean, that's a pretty, I mean, it feels kind of nitpicky, right? If you're going to be like, you know, why didn't, I think that was sort of the one where you're like, this guy's definitely going to win a mate, win at Augusta at some point. Because <laughs> like, he, I mean, it was, he was, just seemed built for it a little bit, you know? Mm. And he, like, you're right. I never felt like, it felt like Schwartz will beat him. Like some of the guys beat themselves, you know, along the way, but it didn't, it felt like Schwartz will just beat him to me. You know, like you just, you know, like you said, he boat raced a little bit. It was, yeah. He made but a again, mega, on 17, mega, cl- mega clutch putt on 17, right? Tim? He really did. Yeah. Scott did. Yeah. He yeah. really, he did. And after, you know, you're thinking like, like Kevin, like you said, I mean, with a whole and whole and a half to go, he's, you think he's the winner. Um, three Australians. In that, what, in that final, what happens, you know, what with happens, the lead. Because I wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys some of this stuff, like the like so, such weird butterfly effects from this this round. Like, what happens if Adam Scott wins? Like to his career. I mean, does he, he probably he probably wins at St. Anne's the following year? Like I or you know you would think who knows right. these things. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, does he collapse in that British Open? Probably not. He has more confidence, I would think, going down the stretch, or he you know is able to figure out a way to just hit to the middle of those greens because he feels like I already have one major championship. I mean, Adam Scott well, is in so many majors of this era that he could have uh, yeah. won. You know, he could have won at Muirfield when Phil uh, wins. You know, he definitely could have oh, won, yeah. obviously, St. Yeah. Anne's. He could have won the yeah. Masters. 
I think the following year he's, he finished in the top five. Yeah, like, he's in there. There's a lot of near near misses for Adam Scott, he, and look great. If you're if you only could win one, make it be a Masters, the because that's yes. sort of a lifetime uh, thing, and no one will ever forget it. But uh, yeah, man, it would have been would have been pretty cool if he had you know rolled off like three or four. Like the difference between Adam Scott and Brooks is really not that different. Uh, in terms of their ability and their streak that they played on him, Adam Scott's probably a better player for a longer stretch than Brooks, but Brooks is going to finish with, you know, four plus and Adam Scott's probably never going to get another. So he could, I mean, he could for sure. I mean, the open, you know, he could still, it wouldn't shock you if he won an open championship at some point. True. Right. Probably a different, a flatter kind of Adam Scott would be a definite contender at at old course this year because flatter greens, like just, yeah. You know, hopefully some win. You got to control your trajectory and stuff. Like that'd be a good. I won't. I, I, mean, I may have written off him too soon. If Adam Scott was what about Luke? Adele, like the new Adele album, he could. I was just you. gonna say, well, we should find him a soundtrack, <laughs> and maybe it's about, it's about being a little older, about having dealt with heartbreak. You know, <laughs> that's right. A- Adam, that's right. If, if you're listening, I can send you a copy. Uh, he does listen. Just so you know, Kevin, he does listen. Okay. Uh, yeah, what I about mean, um, tell me about what about Luke Donald? He rinses it on twelve, uh, and uh, and still you know finishes. He's right there, and he still uh, you know has a chance if he gets those two shots back. You know yeah, I mean, this could have been this like, could have been his moment. I mean, another guy where like, man, what happens to him if he somehow manages to win this? Masters right. championship. I mean, he he was number one in the world at some point, but at that point, at this point now, and I I think we're much safer to say he's done. I mean, he's not. I how I mean, I don't think he's gonna win a major again no. or, at, at all ever. Not again. You know what I mean? Like I was th- I was thinking no. watching this that this is uh, sort of makes me a little bit sad that it's the game has evolved in a way where it's much harder for a Luke Donald type to right. exist. Yeah. Like it. Patrick is probably the closest thing. Like someone who doesn't hit it very far, but has just a sick short game, like a you know yeah. really good clutch putter. But that's just that makes it so much harder to to be that kind of player because if you don't have distance, it's so much harder to hit you know seven iron when guys have gap wedge into greens. And that's you know this was Luke. Luke had some chances in some moments, but this is one of the closer ones. You know, he um he makes one of the most incredible birdies I've ever seen on 18. It doesn't end up mattering, yeah. but he has yeah. one foot in the bunker, That's one foot good. out on 18, and he flips it, and it one hops off the stick hmm. and yeah. comes back to the front and then chips it in. Um, <laughs> he probably... I don't remember somebody in my... I, I don't have the... um, You know... The wealth be of nice. knowledge. Be nice what yeah, you're about to you're, say. Careful, you're just, careful right now, Casey. So you're just much older and, <laughs> you know, um, and remember the 60s. But um, I don't remember someone playing their formula as well as Adam or uh, Luke, Scott, Luke Donald did for like two years. Like, yeah, he hit hybrids off tees. He hit hybrids in the greens. He, he laid up on par fives. He was the best bunker player in the world for like, a very long time yeah. and his putter was very solid but as far as wedge I mean, how far, you know wedge how play, far is he away from like zach jo- i mean zach johnson obviously did it but like, he just did it more consistently like he played yeah, the I mean, zach johnson for- are, yeah yeah it's like and so, you know zach johnson is i don't know i i don't know i bet at their peaks they were probably i mean 
Donald might have even been Luke was a better player than Zach. Yeah, yeah pound to yeah. pound, pound for pound, a better player. But, but he also but, Luke also did sort of get caught up in the speed trap, yeah. where he tried to get an extra ten yards out of his driver, and he lost that sort of rhythm that was. Can you blame him? I mean, can automatic. you imagine being on the dra- being on the range and seeing all these dudes just like muscle, yeah. like just and you're. You know, like Kevin said, you're hitting seven iron and they're hitting gap wedge, and you're like watching. No, just but you probably gunshots going off every range you go to. You probably sacrifice like the few tournaments a year that you would put yourself in contention, sure. right? Like the Wentworths of the world, and you know Harbor Town and these golf courses that his game was built for. Um, yeah. yeah, but that birdie on that birdie on eighteen doesn't matter, but it's one of the most incredible shots I've ever seen. The second shot. Uh, out of the bunker thinking of other shots that would have changed the tournament getting back to adam scott i didn't realize you know he lays up on um on 13 makes par Hmm. how will you remember adam scott i think adam scott is just proof that no one has it all right like that you know incredibly like kind person incredibly handsome guy the most picturesque swing in the history of the world and just could never figure out putting like it's if if Adam Scott had been gifted like the ability to putt like Tiger Woods, it would have been unfair. It would have been like this guy it would have been like Tiger Woods. You know, is aggressive. Yeah, it would have had the similar kind of career. He would have won ten majors. Uh, but you know, it just that's why it's such a rare combination for someone to get everything. I mean, Adam Scott was a great driver of the golf ball. He was a, the, one of the best iron players of this era, maybe you know of the shot link era, and just could never make three footers when it mattered. And that's, that's kind of how I'll remember him. It's like, you know, Adam Scott, I, to give his credit, like he doesn't seem bitter. He doesn't seem like, you know, Sergio still kind of feels like he's cursed or he's been wronged by the world yeah. that he, you know, right. Uh, it's, it, it just saw him this morning, like hitting a shot into the drink on 17 saying it's a shot of my shit story, my career, you know, getting bad breaks. Adam Scott's just kind of like, Oh mate, you know, it's, it's fine. It's nothing that we do. Yeah. What about? I mean, he's still going to go. Look, talk about the hall. He's he's most likely still going to the Hall of Fame. That's right. I mean, I, the me. bar is low, obviously, yeah. for the Hall of Fame. But he's got you know, he's got a major and a players. He's probably going to make it. He's Masters and a Players Championship. They 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 will be weighted equally in that. Who do they? That. Who do they keep out of the Hall of Fame, Travis? Who's a, who's a, who's been wrong? That's what I'm that. telling you. <laughs> Actually, you know who's not going in the Hall of Fame is John Daly. Yeah, in any, in any other, you take the resumes and you just look at them and you just took the names off. Everyone be like, "Well, Daly has to go in." This this person with with when it you know the PGH this P, crazy PGA Championship and winning at the old course, he's got to go in. He's got, and he probably has like I don't know eight to ten other wins. Maybe yeah, like I would put Daly in the Hall of Fame. Like you took the very definition of fame is it's Bondian. It's like, like it, yeah, I don't I don't particularly like John Daly, but I think absolutely the definition of that's exactly right i mean there were it was the crazy thing was the time that i was at the hall of fame um like he wasn't even like in the discussion like you know because when i first started the hall of fame it was media votes so we had like 300 media people that i had to wrangle and like send out votes to and i would get them all back and that's almost the most most fun kevin (laughs) let me tell you um yeah and so it's a now is it more point. now is it more like a veterans committee type scenario? Do you is it for him? 
No, but like who votes now if it's not media? Oh, so like, so now it's just that committee of like 12 people, like the heads of the five okay. families, three or four Hall of Famers, a couple of media members, and that's it. Okay. And they just, they get in a room. It's more like the NFL where they get in a room and they actually yeah, yeah. debate, like okay. what, which I actually think is productive. Um, you can yeah. you can debate the merits of who's in the room, but like kind of uh, kind of tough for John Daly because he probably owes like half those people money. That's like, exactly <laughs> right. I mean, his, <laughs> his like, only chance was to get voted in by the media. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Eli Callow is still holding like a twenty million dollar marker for John Daly's uh, equipment deal. That yeah, he, you know, got suspended. Right. Or whatever, so. I think he was actually selling John Daly albums outside on Washington Road that year that we were in that we were inside debating on the merits of all of Hell yeah! So I mean, you know, he's I mean, he's, it's like you know the Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens thing. Like I, I really, I really don't think anyone's there ever going to let him in the Hall of Fame. I would be surprised, hmm. which is crazy. But yeah, I mean, other than that, you win any combination of two majors, you're in. Zach Johnson, first ballot Hall of Famer. Book it. Yeah. Speaking of someone else who might, well, who won't be in the Hall of Fame, um, and has some majors. Uh, and, he figured prom- and he figured Ooh. prominently on Sunday. Hard to make a Hall of Fame from your jail cell in Buenos Aires. Yeah. Did anyone else feel weird watching... On hell now, obviously now knowing now, and then then yeah. you know this in trying to, yes. you know, rectify these two. Like I, I loved Angel Cabrera, and I and did too. There was a did, and how like, he played and hilarious. how he swung the club, and I'm like, this yeah. guy's the best. And now watching him in 2022, uh, the lens of time, it's it was it was it was weird. Felt I wonder. Weird. It, I did have the thought of like if he, you know, supposedly his jail term is like a two year sentence. Will yeah. he be like welcomed back? At, will Augusta not invite him? I was thinking the same uh, thing. Really does he question. get to? Does he really go to the dinner? Question. You know. Yeah, I mean, Nikki and Phil might have to have their own dinner over at, uh, <laughs> at, at Tony's, the steakhouse. Like uh, this guys have been excommunicated from uh, the deal. I don't know over T bones. Can we talk about the the fact that uh, Angel wore his uh, President's Cup team's pullover to his sentencing? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> did he? That's awesome. Oh. Yes, you know, hey, that, that that logo counts everything. I might score him some points. Yeah, he uh, uh he was probably pit. he was. It's sad. He was like, it's just really fun watching him play good golf, uh, yeah. especially at Augusta because he hit shots that, um, he would hit like a rope hook two iron off a ten that would like damn near go in that McKenzie bunker. And it's just like, where is this the rest of the time? Like, he was such a throwback, like such a fun shot maker guy, and like so cocky, and like ripping cigs, walking up the fairway, just like, just screaming at his ball in Spanish. Yeah, just like, yeah, just like total, like you know, because that was like the fitness. I'm starting to really get into the fitness era, where like, oh shit, like Tiger, you know, we we have got to everyone's got to get fit too, and everyone was, and then you've got him, and he's just like doing his thing, making shots all around and really just like built for Augusta. It was like, Oh my God, this guy's at the time. Like, how did you, how could you not root for him? You know? Yeah. Yeah. He could so have Schwartz won in 2013. You know, he and Scott show yeah. up again in 2013 is like a, yeah. you know, big deal. He could, he could have three masters. I was just going to say three time, <laughs> three time masters winner and on Hill Cabrera extradited to his own country. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Now. I mean, yeah. The uh, well, didn't he? He has the U.S. Open too, doesn't he? Yeah, at, at from Oakmont, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah when he won Oakmont and Augusta. Yeah, yeah. Schwartzel 
as a champion, what were your expectations and your thoughts on, you know, is this the new, <clears throat> uh, the next big thing? Uh, or did so you at think? The time, it, so at I the time, know. I remember thinking that like, oh, this is like the next big thing. And then I remember, and I went and looked it up. I read uh, Shipnuck's um, Gamer and from the from there and several paragraphs of just like like obviously he won the masters so on, on such a big day so it's a look it's a big deal but like i mean going on and on and on about how this guy he's gonna he's the one like he's the next one like ogilvy's going off about him you know all these guys are just like you know he had like six quotes from people that are you know this guy is the next big thing and like he has the best somebody said he has the best swing on like one of the best swings on tour like all this kind of stuff. And it was just like, he did not yeah. much afterward. <laughs> yeah. I just I looked it up last time. night. He's like 150th in the world right now. So right he now. hasn't, yeah. He, I need to look year, it up. He didn't, last year was a disaster. Like didn't even have a top 10, I don't think. All he has days. one PGA Tour victory, or two actually. No, one, sorry. He has one PGA Tour victory after this. And it's the Valspar Championship in 2016. Yeah. That he Would you rather were... Were you excited to have a South African win and perhaps be able to get more mileage out of your uh, Gary Player impression? Not at the time. I mean, I, the Gary Player impression didn't really exist until Chambers Bay yeah. when he went on uh, the Golf Channel. That's, and, that's uh, right. So that's right. at the time, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of a, a like lame. Like somebody I don't even know won the <laughs> Masters. Like it would have been even more fun if like, I got I wasn't a Tiger fan at the, that point, but I was like, oh, I wish like Tiger would have won this like a Masters or Adam Scott or somebody, but." I don't know. I mean, I think it is funny to hear on the broadcast how they're just so like, oh, you must be inspired by Gary Player. What about Ernie Els, man? Like Ernie Els is like way more their generation of like yeah. someone who would have, you know, yeah, yeah, inspired exactly. them coming up. I mean, like Gary Player, they literally none of them like watched those even Gary Player Masters probably. I mean, Charles Schwartz was way too young to have like been around for Gary Player's last Masters victory. Would you rather would you rather have Charles Charles Swartzel's Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl. Charles Swartzel's career, or would you rather have uh, Trevor Immelman? You know, both Masters champs, Ooh. both kind of Ooh. fell off. No, there's no like expectation for Trevor to like you know play anymore. He's he does TV, he does pretty well on TV, and but Charles still like grinding it out there. He's kind of you know like there's some expectation of like well you still got a long way to go. But I, th I think I'm a, I might, I mean Immelman will, will, like has one of the all time heater Masters, but so does yeah. Swartzel. So, like, I don't know. I mean, they both beat Tiger Woods at a Masters, like where Tiger was the the guy who was in contention. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, might, that's a tough I would call. take I would take Sch Schwartzel because he's the only Masters winner to ever birdie the last four. four. Yeah, and nah, he and true. he's got he's got fifteen wins, eleven of them on the Euro Tour. Immelman has eleven career wins, but five of those are on the Sunshine Tour, hmm. one on the Corn Ferry, one on the Challenge Tour. And then I think one I might, I think I might take Immelman, only because, well, two reasons. One, I'm lazy, so the TV thing sounds great. Just to be done and be like, all right, I am no longer grinding it out all over the world to try to like, you know, prove myself. Years ago, maybe it was eighteen or nineteen. I was walking around the Masters like late in the afternoon on Wednesday, and I Traveler was playing like by himself in a practice round. And he was behind the green on six. So the pin was like, or he was practicing like as the pin being up on that top shelf. And he was like trying to bump a hybrid 
like into the great. I was like, this is like, this is professional golf in a lot of ways. It's like these lonely moments of like quiet. And you're just like, Trevor Billman, you know, hasn't made a cut at the masters in seven, eight years at this point. And he's just trying to figure out like, okay, if I fly it long on six, like what the fuck am I going to do from up here? (laughs) (laughs) And and just like, all right, let me try putter. Let me try hybrid. And I was like, God, this is kind of a beautiful scene. Like, you know, somebody uh, just trying to, still at whatever age you're feeling totally washed up from your your once glories figure it out up here all right let's rank this masters does it make your top five masters uh 2011 where do you put it among the great Augusta i mean I don't, think, I don't think anyone's gonna rank this as the, i mean you the, when people rank the best masters it's like the big stars are the guys that are gonna carry the day right you know like 86, 19. 86, 19 are going to be the top two. <clears throat> and then you're going to go back and look at like some of Palmer's and, you know, what he did. And Mickelson's 2004 is up there for me for sure. Mickelson's 04 was a really good one. You know, the 97 the, Tiger. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Coming yeah. out part of there. There's a lot. 19. 2000 with Mickelson and Duvall and Tiger. In the, yep. Uh, that was a fun that, that would be up there for there. Yeah, so, I mean, no, I would not put it in my top five. Uh, but. You know, I, I, I will say that I, I picked this one because it was a little bit um, – I pushed for this to be the one that we did because it's kind of easy to be like, all right, now we're going to go back to the you know 1986 Masters or, or yeah. whatever. And like a lot of that – I just felt like, you know, when I – of the – you know, you get those top shelf ones, but this is one that I think about weirdly a lot just because it was, again, all the butterfly effect stuff that we were talking about. We didn't even talk about Jason Day. Who was like, you know, mm. very easily could have won, and or Ogilvy first who time. also could have won. You know, he was still Jeff slow Ogilvy. back then too. By the way, yeah, I mean, I even ran let's not forget that like Hideki Matsuyama is the low am in this Masters, and so he, and we go. didn't even talk about Hideki, yeah. so, the only so, am I mean, playing on the weekend. He was the, skinny. I'm telling you, the butterfly effects and like I think Casey or Kevin, like the ghost from this Masters is really interesting. Like, it's just a yeah. lot of like really interesting. Um, ways that this could have gone and didn't and i mean we even we really talk about like let's say rory doesn't let's say rory just like figures it out like what if yeah. he hits it what if he triples 10 but figures it out and actually wins the masters like yeah. what happens after that does he win at congressional how many majors does he end up with i, I mean you could argue he could have more probably i think it's probably the, the the argument but but you know like how does it change his career trajectory i mean now we're still waiting for him to win I mean, as Casey and I were talking about him at the Players' Championship, like, he's still, like, custom-built to win. He should win. Like, he should still win one. And it's 11 years later. Like, I, I may honestly, take him in my fantasy league this week. Because, like, yeah. he he's still a, a pretty, I mean, scar tissue aside, like, it's crazy that he hasn't won one. Look, apologies to, like, Arnold Palmer and uh... – Tom Watson, who couldn't win a PGA, and that kept them from it. The Masters is the one that you don't want to have be left to be complete this slam. Right, like it's it's the most build up, the most pressure, the most you know weirdness surrounding it, the most kind of quirkiness, uh, the most legend, the most ghosts. Yeah, exactly. And to have that scar tissue to basically carry around with you forever. Like I, I honestly think Rory's best chance to win a Masters will be like when he's forty two. And no right. one really thinks about mm-hmm. him much anymore when, you know, it's 
when Charlie Woods is 19 or whatever, and he's, uh, you know, making his debut and there's all this hype around, you know, the next kid's generation or whatever that Rory kind of yeah. comes out and, and fires a, you know, a Sunday 66 that, you know, puts him in contention and the other people just kind of start to crumble and fall apart. So I, he tig- I think he he's Tiger 2019s him basically. Yeah. You know, well, he, he does I, yeah. the script where he doesn't make a mistake. You talk about the start to interrupt case, but you know, you talk about the mistakes Tiger, you know, Tiger even makes at this Masters, but in the night, it's, I immediately thought of the, the 19 Masters where he didn't, where he just like put it exactly where he needed to be. He just like, you know, kept figuring out the right spots because he's been there a million times and, and like made everyone else crumble and make mistakes around him. And yeah. Rory knows the course well enough to do that. Um, fuck, I mean, he probably knows it well enough to do it even now, but you're right. Like, yeah. the, can you imagine the, uh, I mean, they won't. It won't be Tiger twenty nineteen, and it won't be Jack in eighty six. But Tiger, or, but Rory winning the Masters at any point starting this year, even is like probably a top five Masters, considering yeah. you know what happened at this one. He almost has to just convince himself that he doesn't care anymore. And like, really, I think he's yeah. trying to convince himself he doesn't care, and but he deep down knows that he truly does. And once you get to be in your forties, and you know your kids are nine yeah. ten years old like your perspective changes enough to where you're like all right whatever like i'm i'm good you know he so. kevin stole my take he still really cares and i think that his best golf i think he's gonna have a you know like a go on another run and win a couple more majors with kind of like that 2012 to 2014 stretch um all right so how many majors just, do you think he, rory's gonna end up with case uh i think he wins at least two more Tom. So I would say six or seven, yeah. Uh, I'd say I'm going to give him a Masters, mm-hmm. an Open. And He's going to win PGA. another PGA. So I'm, yeah. yeah, so I'm going to give him three. Three more. What about you, Kevin? So- uh, I would put the cap at six. I don't think he's going to win another Masters, but I think that he's got – he'll be like – I would be surprised if he wasn't in the mix and the – final day at St. Andrews this year like rolling your ankle and missing St. Andrews and knowing it's not going to come around again for six years is such a like rough thing because that course he can tear apart and he's you know he holds the course or he's tied for the course record there and should have you missed a three-footer on 17 that should have shot 62 so like if he gets you know good weather there I think he could you know, but that's, I don't know. Like it's just quirky at the British Open. You just never know. You get the bad side of the draw. Like you're, it's not going to work out for you. So tough break. But I honestly, I just don't think he's. Some people like Ernie Els should have won the Masters two, three times and <laughs> yeah. just didn't happen for him. And I think that Rory is that person in this generation. He's going to win yeah, two I more majors at some point, but but I don't think one of them is going to be the Masters. I hope I it is, it, but I agree. I think I think for I just think it's got the place has got his number, and I think he's just going to he might he's destined to like be this weird, sad cautionary tale. There, it's gonna, I mean, it's going to be weird when he shows up and he's like forty one, and he still hasn't. You know, all his buddies are up at the Champions Dinner on Tuesday, and he hasn't done it yet. You're like, oh my god, this poor guy. <laughs> He's he's over yeah. on six hitting the hybrids trying to figure out how to get down from over there. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes in like that I've ever watched as a reporter is in an eighteen. Yeah, I was eighteen when he and when he was in second going to the final day and 
it was he was kind of like trying to talk himself into like oh all the pressures on Patrick Reed like I know I can get it done here like I'm I'm the man or whatever and he just played like garbage all day and at the very I like sat in the players parking lot after the um thing was over and you know you're it's like one of the unknown things at Augusta like not only is there a champions locker room but there's a champions parking lot too and so like you have to park your car and get like a shuttle down to the regular players parking lot if you don't if you never want it and so like all these past champions are like sort of walking in through it's like sergio's coming in and like you know uh mark uh who am i thinking it was uh anyway so it's like a parade of like older champions like guys who are you know just way past their prime not even good as good a player as rory like walking right in and like, rory's agent that like, comes out and like talks to the security guard and is like, you know, is it okay if like I go get his car and like bring it up here because I don't want him to have to like sit on a shuttle and like go down. So after, and the security guard was like, yeah, okay, fine. So like, that was like the last scene of my story. Oh. Like no one wanted to see Rory suffer any further today. Oh. You know, it was like a, it was a contrast between him and speed who had like, you know, just golden child in his way. He shot 63 that day. It was the day he hit the branch and Rory mm-hmm. had just, nothing had gone right for him. It was like, some places Augusta blesses and that's speed is sort of one of them, despite the, what happened on 12 that year, the year before speed is just always kind of golden blessed around Augusta and Rory's kind of always cursed. And I think that's always going to be the case. It's well, so gentlemen, Such a, what a yeah. weird sport. What a weird sport that we, that we like so much. God, I will say, I hope, he we, I hope he, I hope he wins one. He's, he's going to win one. He, he deserves it, but man. Whew. Now, we They're... could talk Masters and 2011 Masters uh, specifically for for much longer, but I think it's time for the twinkly music. Uh, cue the, well, which we probably... We'll do we have that post. stuff? Don't worry, Tom. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Why are we doing twinkly music? Um, this is an Adele show, baby. We're not... no. Okay, music. I'm sorry. This cue is... the Adele. Yeah. That's right. Great article in the Golfer's Come Journal on. about the Masters music as well, folks. And <laughs> issue, what is <laughs> that in? Not, what number is that in, Tra- in Casey? Uh, 16. And 16. Uh, sort of an egregious mistake on, on our part, missing out or, or forgetting to mention the fact that after Rory tripled, KJ Choi held the lead. Oh, wow. KJ. Man. KJ, you know, like you talk about inspiring the next generation, like. He he also inspired the entire generation of fat putter grips. That's right. He did. Right. He was the That's first. Right. I mean, right. What a legacy! Look, you know, yeah. some people win the Masters, some people do fat putter grips. I mean, pick your, you know, either one. That's right. That deserves seven thousand words in an upcoming issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll put it in. I'll put it in, Case. Yeah. Noted. Super stroked. <laughs> <laughs> right, headlines and everything. Look at that. Full service. <laughs>